Welcome to another edition of An Artifactual Journey. I'm your host, Philip J. Merrill, and today I'm talking about an exciting new exhibit called Seven Million Acres Pride of Place. The idea is that the Street Road Artist Space in Cochranville, Pennsylvania, is holding a photographic exhibition of objects that have pride of place for the people in our surrounding communities. Each photograph, along with a description of why the object is significant for its owner, will be exhibited and also included in a 2019 publication. And naturally, yours truly had a difficult time trying to select one item for this project. We finally concluded to go with a rare diploma. It's from the Colored High School in Baltimore, Maryland, in historic Old West Baltimore, located at Pennsylvania and Dolphin Street, where Mary Pearl Foote, F-O-O-T-E, graduated in 1921. You will learn more about the exciting connections of Mary Pearl Foote and her family in the Foots Hill community in Cockeysville, Maryland. Today, I'm talking to Emily Artinian at the Little Free Library located in... Cochranville, PA. And can you tell us what in the world is this fabulous little place that I'm sitting in right now? Well, hello. Thank you. First of all, thanks very much for coming. Glad to be here doing this with you. No, we're, so we're, we're excited. <laughs> we, we love you, your husband, your friends, your buildings, everything about the whole movement. <laughs> That's cool. So, yeah, so we're at the Little Free Library, Cochranville which is a part of Street Road Artist Space, Cochranville, also, which is down the road. About how far down the road? No, it's about 10 minutes. Okay. 10 so minutes as the crows fly? As, as the crows the fly? As the crow flies fly? and as the car drives. Okay, all right. Okay. <laughs> Both. <laughs> and, and so Street Road was founded first. We're here in the library, which was founded just a year ago. And the library is based on the concept of little free libraries everywhere and you might have seen these the small box in a neighborhood where you can take a book and leave a book so we had one of those small boxes and then this space came available to us but this space is 500 square feet okay and husband james and i who founded street road artist space big readers love to read and we just james just said you know what we're gonna make the little free library bigger <laughs> and we're gonna have it in here and so this is, to my knowledge, the biggest little free library. The biggest? Exists. I might be wrong. In the East Coast or just in the country? I think in the country. I'd have to check that. You oh, can go oh. to littlefreelibrary.org and see the amazing creative things people have done with little free libraries. Okay, like we most need to of, check that out. Yeah. Most of them are about as big as your thumbnail. Yeah, thumb. yeah, yeah. Super cool. So this is, in other words, the Guinness Book of World Records. We're sitting in a, a world record kind of facility. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Yeah, we are in high cotton. Whenever we've come in here, it's been very inviting, warm, intellectually stimulating. It's it's a really a comfortable zone. Oh. It's conducive to being creative and just yes. you know bonding with people and so many different types of books. I already see a couple that I want to borrow. Now most of the books are free. Right. I mean, that's right. the but, concept of the Little Free Library. We the, do have a small 
section that's lending that's right. super special books and spe- books that are regionally significant so we we lend those out right right um, right so. <laughs> i think and we're having too much fun that we're having are. too much fun in the little free library in cochranville on a friday you have the street road our artist's place down the street that's right yes and right now we're talking to you because the brain trust have come up with a brilliant idea that I'm just over the moon about and I would like to promote it in this podcast and we will be a part of it so could you just tell us what your next venture is and why and in the particular yeah so our big project for 2019 for street road artist space is called seven million acres pride of place and so what that is is asking people to really think about what object for them has pride of place in their home or this can be maybe more of a metaphor what really has pride of place just kind of mentally in their heart what do they keep coming back to so but concretely what we're asking is for people to send us a photograph of that object Mm -hmm. and a short description Mm -hmm. that's it send it over to us on email at info at streetroad.org or put it in the mail to us and that's the basics so kind of a low bar for participation we hope we're also able to go to different organizations and to photograph for people if people are not able to themselves i like that part say that again i was not aware of that well we all assume you know that everybody's got access to a smartphone and can shoot this over to us by email no problem but we are able to go to your organization or to a particular person to their house and and take a photo of the item that they want to be represented in this exhibition. I think that's very helpful because that way you might be able to reach a segment that would not want mm-hmm. or, or is capable of participating in this. That's right, yeah. yeah. And and another thing is with the description, not, lots of people stop right there because they're like, okay, I can take a snap, but... You want me to write something? <laughs> more, more than happy to just do a short interview with somebody, record a quick voice memo, and then I transcribe it. Right. I think that's wonderful. Quite, and I, I, yeah. I have another question. Is there any age requirement? I mean, can a 12-year-old participate, or does this have to be something that adults over the age of 18 or 21? No, there's no age limit. We are inviting everyone who lives within a 7 million acre area which is about a 59-mile radius of us. Oh, now that's what I really wanted to know. Yeah. Seven million acres <laughs> is only a 59-mile radius. radius. So, Who so. knew? <laughs> okay, it took us a long day surfing the interwebs to figure out what and seven. No, no we GPS? started with seven million really? acres and, and we used the various converters online to figure right, out right. what that is as a circle and we had many arguments as to whether we were doing the calculation right or not but that is correct so basically we are centering Cochranville okay, PA okay. and if you take a 59 mile radius that includes cities like Baltimore Harrisburg, oh. Philly I believe almost Trenton, New Jersey. It includes Reading and almost up to Allentown. So really anybody who's thinking about this place Mm -hmm. in some way, but it's also the broader project is asking the question, what makes a place? And my assumption underlying that is that what makes a place is people's relationships in a place. Mm -hmm. And, And so the project is 
really looking at people's relationships and it comes back to the questions you're asking me about (laughs) (laughs) right back to that and and this project is in part you know meaning to like poke at break down some of those walls this is much more expansive than i realized i think i had interpreted that it was tied into if the people that were photographing the content lived in chester county so Uh it's much more than that Okay, yeah. This ties into and takes off from a 2016 project we did, which was called 7,000 Acres. (laughs) 7,000 Acres is much more the scale you were thinking. And 7,000 Acres is about the size of our township, Londonderry Township. And so we did something really similar Okay. two years ago. So two years ago, we never heard of Emily Artinian <laughs> or Carol Marr or any of these other fascinating people that are part of our extended family now. But how successful was the earlier project? Oh, it was wonderful. It was really remarkable. So Street Road Artist Space has been going since 2011 and we kind of go back and forth between having single artist shows in a gallery space and then having community participation shows with engagement with engagement sure, yeah sure. and so that show 7,000 acres had so much participation we just asked people to bring us objects that they felt were significant for the township mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, that building was just packed full of stuff <laughs> and the attendance was incredible and I think that the people of Londonderry Township really enjoyed it so that just was the impetus to continue to do this, sure. to do this. Yeah. and will any items physically be on display at the street road artist space yes we we are waiting to see what what rolls in and there there will be a selection of objects and are you display. thinking of creating some type of publication Yes, there that there will be a publication. So the show is from April thirteenth to September thirtieth, twenty nineteen. Okay. Opening day, the party is May eighteenth. That's a Saturday. And the closing day will also be the launch for the publication. The closing date will be September 29th. That's a Saturday. And there will be a publication that gathers all entries. It will be included in at least the Chester County and Lancaster County library systems, for sure. It will be here at the Little Free Library. I think that's a great idea. So being all about diversity and inclusion, I just have to ask you, Hmm. what type of uh, minority participation did you have in the earlier one? Mm -hmm. And what are you hoping to have in this new 7 million acre Pride of Place project? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good question. (laughs) (laughs) I would say that we were hoping for more diversity. We're always hoping for a lot more diversity. (laughs) And, uh, And we're able to achieve but it's a you know it's an ongoing process and i think we get better and better at it now um, we're really focused on where we're located which is a rural suburban exurban kind of area right and i think that sometimes oftentimes those areas really focus uh, on kind of privileged Privileged you can say spaces. it. Come on, you, you're struggling. Just Privileged. let it out. Let it out. Let it out. <laughs> let it out. Privileged spaces without a lot of people of color, right. for sure. Right. And so I really hope that this project kind of takes off from 7,000 acres and continues to extend our family and makes apparent just how diverse this area 
is and people don't understand its diversity and its diversity is really wonderful and amazing it, it is and i appreciate you saying that but i'm going to hit you with a comment here not far from where we're presently sitting in cochranville there mm-hmm. is a building where the vendor sells confederate flags i know it mm-hmm. and each time i go by there and i cringe mm-hmm. and when you see present-day reminders of painful parts of the past like that, it causes one to be more aware, more concerned, and not really wanting to vibe in that area. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate what you were saying about the desire and, and the hope, but there are also a lot of factors going on that are working against yeah. that hope for more yeah. diversity and inclusion. Yeah. So I'm glad that you're aware of what I was talking about. (laughs) I am am really, very, very aware of it. And I grew up in Christiana, Pennsylvania. Right. And I was born in 1970. And partly through working with Carol Maurer, who you have been on your podcast before. Who um, thinks she's family. So partly through working with Carol and partly because of growing up there, I've always been aware of the Christiana resistance, mm. which was an important event in the uh, resistance to the Fugitive Slave Act yep. and the run-up to the Civil War. Indeed. And I'll, I have to say, growing up, nothing of that was taught in school, never mentioned. Right. The historic markers still call <laughs> it a riot Mm -hmm. and the historic markers were only placed in the late 1990s there's a lot of deeply problematic talk uh, about it talk about (laughs) deeply problematic just sort of representation of race and i don't know what the answer is but i know that uh, we have to keep working well this is part of the answer i mean Mm -hmm. I, i think every little block every little pebble every little hair follicle every little project helps to move the dial Mm -hmm. in the right direction Uh, and i'm not being overly optimistic or i'm not being a don quixote chasing windmills kind of thing but i'm just saying Mm -hmm. that everybody has a role to play in the little free library and the street road artist space and others are all in concert in trying to move that sense of authentic understanding of race and the impact and where we are and how we got here. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we're here to support your efforts and to be a part to bring some diversity to the seven million acres <laughs> pride of, of place. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, well, well, and I'll say like the seven million acres thing, the seven just ties it in for us to that 7,000 acres, the size okay. of our township. The million deliberately chosen so that uh, cities are at the edge of mm-hmm. this chosen area thinking about what asking questions like what makes up an area right and also why do we kind of create this false binary of urban suburban Mm -hmm. urban Mm -hmm. rural it's it's very much kind of changing and dynamic and it's losing its meaning now these days i think many of us move between those spaces and amongst those spaces and this connects in with racism as well. So there's like a really racialization of space when people like reduce what they understand as suburban 
and urban and rural. So you have me so excited. I, I'm working hard to be still and let you talk. But what this is building up to in my mind is that during the antebellum era, when folks were enslaved in America, there were huge differences between the enslaved folk that were urban versus the ones that were rural. Mm-hmm. The urban enslaved people have much more freedom because Mm -hmm. they could go to a market, they could Mm -hmm. go into a church, they could Mm -hmm. go to someone's house, but when you're in a rural pocket, you've got acres, you you have woods, and and you could go for quite some time without seeing a human being. So there are pros and cons, but Mm -hmm. overall, you have more networking opportunities if you were an enslaved person in an urban area. Uh, And at one point in an early part of my career, I partnered with a gentleman and we created a free black enslaved and immigrant walking tour in an urban pocket. So you could then actually see in the city of Baltimore, historic Mount Vernon, where in one house you could have a free black and enslaved and an immigrant all living and working together, but also Mm -hmm. the sustainability, which is a buzzword today that was taking place during that time period. It's fascinating. So when you're talking about all this now, my mind is just going haywire over all the nuances that one can come up with tied into it from a African-American perspective. Mm-hmm. And of yeah. course, again today, with displacement going on and gentrification, and in some cases we call it whitrification, <laughs> in these once thriving, sustainable Jim Crow pockets all across the country. That's an issue. And then as you go into some of these rural areas, from a, here we go again, from an African-American standpoint, there are studies coming out where you look at how many acres have been taken from historic black families that had farms, okay. that had land. Mm-hmm. And many of them were not able to come up with easement. They weren't able to come up with charitable trust. This whole concept. To pass on their land. All of this strikes a chord with somebody. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping that our listeners, I'm hoping that people that know people involved will want to participate in some way or another because it would be a travesty if this is a milk toast project. Oh, absolutely. Because the world is browning. The, the global world is no longer looking like what it once did. And all of this needs to be reflected in art exhibits, in lectures, in publications, in documentaries, in church. So we are delighted to be involved. I hope that your podcast gets people to also contribute, particularly like after our conversation. That's an underlying kind of motivation for this project is to show the diversity of materials. Sure. And right now, roughly... What's been, obviously, from your perspective, the most intriguing photograph that has come in? Oh, that's hard. Let's see. We, we just, they're starting to trickle in. I haven't actually seen a photograph of the thing that I... You like the most? That I like the most. Okay. So it's just been described to me. Okay. So it's from Philip Edwards, who grew up here and is a longtime farmer here. He, his father was raised in Tennessee, and his father's prized ob- object has become Philip's prized object. His oh, father so passed, passed away. Down, passed, oh, I love that. Yes. And, and Philip, in fact, was asking, can I include this? It's from Tennessee. <laughs> and I said, of course, it's here now, isn't it? Mm-hmm, and it's yours, mm-hmm, and you mm-hmm, live here mm-hmm. now, right? And it was a, it's a hand-woven artifact that, that I haven't seen yet, so I mm-hmm, can't describe mm-hmm. it beyond that, that was made by the uh, indigenous people, mm. and I, I 
don't want to get the uh, the band or tribe wrong. So sure, I'm understand. Say it, we'll in, leave it at that. In leave the area that. that they lived in, because Philip's father became very close with them. And, um, and I love so this story. I mean, th- this is just what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And what I like uh, is that it was valued by his father, mm-hmm. and now it's valued by him, and he's willing to share it with a larger mm-hmm. community. That, yeah. That's a great story. Yeah. 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 Okay, I, I like and that. That is one of the objects that will definitely be mm-hmm. in the, in the exhibition mm-hmm. itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see that you're getting some fascinating stories and artifacts and objects. I'm always after a good story, yeah. uh, and I think the write up can be as important as the actual object itself. Yeah, the write ups really bring the right. photographs to life. But I like the concept of something that's been passed down through the family because see, mm-hmm. family is connected to place. Yeah. Even if the family is nomadic, they still are connected to place. If they mm-hmm. migrate from one place to another place to another, it's still a place. And sometimes objects are what carry that right. place. Right, that's, exactly. That's why objects can be so one of the reasons they're so profound. Right. And I can say so, I can speak to the financial part because that ties in just a yeah, little please, bit. Please so, do. <laughs> so Street Road Artist Space was founded by myself and my husband in 2011. I grew up here but then moved to the UK for art college mm-hmm. and I stayed there. I'm a practicing artist. But my father in, was in real estate in this sure. area. Mm-hmm. So he passed away approximately 10 years ago and he left me or something I did in a previous life, who knows what I did, but he left me his real estate company and some commercial properties in this area. And so Street Road is partly founded to continue my artistic interests. Um, give you an outlet, and, doesn't and it? Give, give me an outlet, <laughs> yeah. That's part. And also to like think through what's it mean to have inherited some accumulated capital and think about capitalism and and what it does mm. and, and so also to think about giving this back so that long that's the long version of how this is funded so some proceeds from accumulated capital that may have come from the land sure here right in this right. place mm-hmm. in my mind are in some small way going back into thinking about the land in this place mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so oh, i think you said that very nicely that was was on point. Right. Yeah. Land is an object. Land is an artifact. A building is an artifact. And people often get confused when they don't value a building or some land as, as an artifact. Mm-hmm. Even though this distinguished lady to my left is not in this podcast, Carol Marr, mm-hmm. historic family, their structure is an artifact. Very important artifact on the Eastern Shore. And mm-hmm. so I think in the world that we live in today, the concept of valuing land is on one hand is through the roof. On the other hand, there's not enough appreciation and interpretation of the significance of land. So, so is there anything else that you'd like to add that we may not have covered about this exciting activity coming up? I want to mention that this spring we're also taking part in a conference in Philadelphia called Common Field. That's commonfield.org. That is a national conference for independent arts organizations. We will be participating in a panel that is thinking about 
place. Will you get a chance to plug this at that conference? We, we will certainly be putting this out through the conference to the attendees, but also it's an exciting... Since we've been all around the world, let's just zero back into where we are. We're at the Little Free Library in Cochranville talking to the founder uh, and owner, uh, along with her husband, Jane Smith. They also proudly operate the Street Road Artist Space, and we are avid friends and supporters and can't wait to participate in the 7 million acres pride of place.